All right, I start. I started recording. So take take three. Are we some, on? I'm trying to get some ASMR of me rubbing a felt pillow. <laughs> <laughs> the the Hogwarts pillow. Yeah. So I, this is the second time we've done this. Let's, let's go ahead and just like. I think it still blew out the microphone. Oh, I'm what sure are, it what would. What are you gonna do? This is this is a new intro to the podcast because <laughs> we don't have a guitar on hand. <laughs> there's no there's no bass anymore, so I can't make the bass intro. If if anyone didn't know, I make the bass intro just. <laughs> By sticking a microphone in, in front of a giant amp that I have, <laughs> but that uh, that bass guitar is in a storage unit. Uh, you want to tell them why? Oh, about you moving? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So I finally moved to Virginia, and then we hadn't recorded a podcast in the better part of uh, twenty-two years. So <laughs> he finally moved up to Virginia. It was like late November. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started at work in November. Yeah. But obviously and, we had the holidays as well. Yeah. In moving and everything, so and also adjusting to like the first time being on a ship. Oh my goodness. Isn't that such a strange yeah. experience? And not really having a place to live, so all my stuff's in storage. Yeah. Uh you you had the fortunate of having this the fortune of having this house. When I when I first moved up here, I had the ship as That's my, it? that was it. Oh no. I just had the ship and I had to live on there for a while. I felt homeless, especially with COVID going around. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would leave the ship to go do something, and it's like, oh, my God, I have to pee. And I'm like, there's nowhere <laughs> to pee because everything was closed. Public bathrooms were closed. Businesses were closed. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to pee in a bush like a homeless person. <laughs> I mean, I'd just pack up on some Gatorade bottles and pee on those in your car. Or in I, those in your car. Don't I, pee on them. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't this working? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will admit, uh, the thought had mine have crossed my mind multiple times, uh, and... I'm not going to confirm or deny if I had taken action on that. Oh, no. So the reason this is so weird, this is the first time we've ever recorded in the same room as each other. Exactly. I can finally so, see you. Yeah, I know. So to set the scene, uh, we both have beers in hand, gotten from at my fridge last minute. <laughs> what what they have. So what are you, what are you drinking? Oh, I grabbed a classic Shiner Bach. I realized that I've never had a Bach beer, so <laughs> it's good. I like Rep, it. Rep in Texas. Yeah, yeah. It takes you. in Texas. I've got a Schwartz beer. Uh, the black lager, it's absolutely amazing. I can I can even just let you try it too. Oh, yeah, right hey, insane. pass that over. I yeah. want to give that a this sip. This is made here in Lexington. In oh, Virginia. look at I didn't even have to lean. So, and by, I, I think it's is that Devil's Backbone. Is that what it says? Uh, yep, that's it. Devil's Backbone Brewing. That's a seems like they got a good place going. Ooh, that's it's, pretty good. It's quite dark. That reminds me. Like yeah, that reminds multi, me. You know? In here, here in Virginia. There is a local brewery in Goochland, Virginia. <laughs> that's not a real place. It's absolutely a real place. <laughs> and the brewery, God, what is the brewery called? It's something else that's kind of goofy like that. I we I'll send you a picture of it, and it is actually hilarious. Mueller and I went up there, and it, or Mueller went up there without me. I knew, I want to go. So yeah. we'll, we'll go sometime to Goochland, Virginia. Goochland, Virginia, and our our next stop is on the way over here. We passed uh, Mount Trashmore. Oh yeah, Mount Trashmore. So maybe we'll record on location there because <laughs> it's about as big of a pile of garbage as us right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. I didn't know this place existed. We went to um, we had a hot pot and uh, and Korean barbecue at the same place. Oh like, yeah, twenty twenty one is the year. <laughs> the, the future is now the future is now that's yeah. what i keep telling people i mean if you think about it all the things that are available to us right now we live in the future we do yeah it's amazing you could be a woman if you wanted to be <laughs> legitimately <Mind-blowing>. <laughs> like actually <laughs> well, i could be a woman <laughs> <laughs> i see what you're saying yeah that's my fault but yeah no uh, it's a uh, pretty interesting mood up to virginia not too long ago and um we haven't really been doing much because everything's really been pretty busy and cold 
been cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Florida, as many people who are listening know. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was born in Ohio. That's semantics left there when I was like, yeah, in second grade, the end of second grade. So, I mean, similar story for me. Like, I yeah. was born in California, but moved so young that yeah. I'm from Arkansas. Basically, so. We both claim some other hometown than our actual hometown, I guess. Yeah, and but because yeah, which you know we do have that on the docket for talking about some another time. Oh, yeah. We'll go into more depth about weird and interesting facts about our real hometowns and our uh, surrogate hometowns. Oh, the we'll surrogate. We'll call it surrogate hometowns. That'll be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but today, I've got it. I've got two stories for you. At least one. We'll see if we make it to the second one. Okay, sounds good. I'm excited. So, are are you? Uh, it, it, it's pretty easy to say. We're mm. both in the military. Yeah. In the Navy. Yeah. Are you a fan of World War Two? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. You say, am I a fan of World War Two? Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> no one's a fan of World War II. People like World War Two history. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> so, I uh, was perusing through YouTube as I do way too often. Mm-hmm, of course. And uh, I came across a video. Uh, the um, I can't remember the guy's name at the moment. I'm blanking so hard. Luckily, we have a computer right here, so I can I can look him up. A computer on station, on scene. How on convenient. On scene. Can you believe it? We have to record. Oh, Tom Scott. Tom Scott. Tom Scott does a series of stuff you may not know. Okay. And uh, this is one of the most interesting ones I think you said, and I don't know why it stuck with me, but I thought you'd uh, uh, want to hear it. Oh, of course. Um, it, was, it was a spy, codename Agent Garbo. Nice. I'm already... 100% on board. <laughs> like Trashmore. Yeah. Except, you know, it wasn't. he wasn't really named for Trashmore. Um, <laughs> Born on Mount Trashmore. Yeah, so <laughs> this, guy, this guy was one of the only people to receive an Iron Cross from the Nazis <laughs> and an MBE, or the member of the most excellent order of the British Empire medal, from king george <laughs> i think i've actually read it like a today i learned on reddit about this but oh, okay. I, that's that's as far as yeah, i've gotten as, as i know that go. that existed so i uh compiled some information via the mi5 website oh itself, wait seriously on agent carbo <laughs> uh i've got a couple i've got like four or five different references up here for you um most of them being mi5 stuff that sounds I, this sounds like we shouldn't be doing this even though i know that it's just like on their main website. <laughs> yeah, you can just Google this guy's name. Yeah, uh, Agent Garbo. Um, so, interestingly enough, uh, this guy. We've already established that he was a, a spy for both sides. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But how did we get there? Yeah. So, he wanted to be a spy for the British. So I guess he was uh, part of the Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm. He hated it, and uh, he was super uh, against. Totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> I get it. My beer's on the table behind me, which is why I keep forgetting to drink it. I'll keep reminding you. Beer break. Um, so naturally, when the Nazis came to Spain, he hated the Nazis. That's fair. Yeah, as as people do. <laughs> um, <laughs> most, yeah, most people. So, <laughs> we'll not get into that. Yeah. Uh, so he hates the Nazis, and he's a big fan of the British. So he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to go... Um, ask the British if I can be a spy for them and infiltrate the Nazis and be like a spy against Germany. Yeah. So he he gets all um, up in their business about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, guess what happens to him? He ends up liking the Nazis? No. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) They end up saying no. Oh. (laughs) They're like, no, we don't want you as a spy. That's dumb. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. So this guy... Not deterred, continues to uh, just 
ask and ask if he can be a spy mm-hmm. for the British, and they keep ignoring him. So eventually he decides to take things into his own hands. <laughs> As you do. I'll be my own damn spy. Yeah. <laughs> so it says on the MI5 website, in 1941, he tried to make contact with British authorities in Madrid and Lisbon on three separate occasions, but each time his approaches were rebuffed. Very British word. I don't know what it means. Oh, yeah. Rebuffed. I'm guessing, yeah. Just rejected. Yeah. Uh, but he was up to decide to take matters into his own hands by getting himself recruited by the Germans to spy on them, uh, to spy for them in England. <laughs> oh, okay. So he pretends to be a Nazi. As you do. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. <laughs> to get what you want. I yeah. I wanted to be a uh, successful doctor, so I just pretended to be a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. You ever seen, um, I was just going to go back into movies, isn't it? <laughs> we have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. Catch Me If You Can. Oh, oh, I I, I um, feel like I saw that a while ago. Yeah, with uh, uh, Ash- the, the guy from, did you guys say Ashton Kutcher? I was about to say Ashton Kutcher. No, no, I caught no, myself, uh, I caught myself. <laughs> um, Titanic. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, you know, he's like the greatest con man. He just pretends that he's a, a pilot. Yeah. There's also a story I heard a while back about a guy that pretended to be a doctor. And just nobody said anything. They're just like, yeah, this guy's a doctor. <laughs> it, I'm sure it's actually happened. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if people are familiar with that movie, great movie. Yeah. You should watch it. Eventually, we'll find a reference to a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll come up again. In our reoccurring segment. That reminds me of this terrible movie I watched <laughs> not too long ago. <laughs> we need to have like an intro theme for that. <laughs> we really could, yeah. Here's the movie of the week. <laughs> <laughs> terrible movie of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Which we never did talk about our other movie. We're getting totally off track. We are, and that's okay. It, it, totally <laughs> off track. Uh, where were we even at? You were talking about how he pretended to be a Nazi, so he was re- rebuffed by the British. Rebuffed, yeah. That, and that and very pre- British word. And was uh, he decided to work for the nazis pretend to be a nazi yes perfect uh so he um went and he got in touch with the you know one of the nazis that had occupied spain spain at the time spain occupied spain <laughs> and um so he was recruited in madrid and the guy that recruited him gave him a crash course real quick on just espionage mm. <laughs> they gave him invisible ink a code book <laughs> And 600 pounds and told him, move to London. I got that in a uh, fourth grader's spy book package from <laughs> Scholastic. I, I remember those in the Scholastic book fair. Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> I, had, I love that stuff. Now, right. That was so fun. I love the spy packages. Yeah, and the, the magic tricks, too. I had all those. Oh, those yeah. Those were fun. I would read the... Uh, remember those big... Um, the the color books by, like, DK Books that had, like, all the photos of spy gear and... Ooh, I... They're, like, the tall white was, books. Any of the books... The I was it. really into, like, the uh, space ones. And it was oh, like, this same. is Jupiter. Big picture of Jupiter. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I was obsessed with Apollo 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole Apollo campaign mission mm-hmm. series. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. Very interesting stuff. But anyway, I Agent, had all those books. Yeah. Agent Garbo had received a scholastic package from yeah, the Nazis. Yeah, he received <laughs> a scholastic package. Uh, and they're like, okay moved to london mm-hmm. but instead of going to england he just moved to portugal okay he moved to lisbon yeah <laughs> uh still he was trying to uh talk to the british to become a spy for them mm-hmm. uh and they were still you know apprehensive about it but he just started to create a whole like imaginary uh subset of sub agents okay <laughs> all fake spies that he had recruited in britain to work for him that's actually <laughs> i think an, a legitimate tactic that they do use is they plant fake spies 
uh, for different things when it comes to espionage. Like yeah. uh, this one, this guy, this fake person needs to get caught so that they think that they're catching real personnel. Right. And they're, yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. So, so that's, that's smart on him. None oh, yeah. of these people existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but you might be wondering, how would this guy, uh, you know, pretend like he was in England the whole time he had never visited England? Mm-hmm. And doesn't know anything about it right he went to the portugal public library <laughs> and he got what was the blue guide to england okay. reference books and magazines that he could on england just to pretend like he knew what he was talking about so in his letters that he wrote it would he would name places and whatnot but he made a bunch of errors when he did that yeah which i think is super interesting my chair is squeaking really bad i hope Hopefully, he doesn't pick that, that up. Yeah. yeah, I move a lot when I talk. I guess a, I, I can see your your whole Talking upper body is yeah. moving, <laughs> <laughs> wiggling all over the place. I'll try to restrain myself. Yeah, um, but like at one time, he told him that a contact that he had made in uh, Scotland uh, would do anything for a liter of wine, <laughs> but they didn't they didn't use the metric system at the time. Oh, so. <laughs> how, they, they should have picked it up right then. Yeah, they didn't use the metric system, just yeah. like. Inglorious Bastards. Where oh, yeah, where he counts with, like, the three in the wrong yeah, way. He holds like, up the uh, you, you don't have German. <laughs> pointer index and uh, ring finger yeah. instead of the... Wait, pointer and index are the same thing. Pointer middle and ring finger instead of the middle ring finger and pinky. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, this guy's a spy. So far, you are explaining a very good... Uh, Spy comedy. <laughs> I imagine. Oh, yeah. I imagine this guy's like faking being a spy. And he has just like a, a travel brochure of yeah. England. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I went to England totally. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh like those influencers now. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're just, they they rented out the room that looked like an airplane during COVID. So oh yeah. They Seen those. It's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's just you know a 1940s influencer. Genius. Yeah, uh, but in the in 1942. He finally made contact with MI6 okay, and was brought to London um, where all of his stuff was taken over by the Secret Service. Mm. Uh, and he was given, his case was given to another Spanish-speaking officer there so that they could work together. So working together, they invented 27 fake sub-agents that he had working for him. Nice. And concocted fake intel to send to the Nazis. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing is that all of this was done by letter, right? Wow. So if he keeps sending bad info, they would probably come get him mm-hmm. and be like, oh, hey, you suck at this. Yeah. But what he would do is he would wait for an event to happen, and then he would write the details as specific as possible so that they're like, wow, this guy's sending really good information. Mm-hmm. And he'd postmark them for way before... <laughs> And then made sure they got there late. I've done that in my work documents. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so they, uh, Master Chief, if you're listening, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, he sent something about a campaign happening in Africa. Mm-hmm. And he put all the details down. And when they got it, they're like, wow, this is good information. Too bad the mail system is really slow. Oh, yeah. And he's like, this is as soon as I could get it. <laughs> you know, just like everyone does at work. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Instead, they're like, "This is that's too much. We got to give you uh, radio communication, which is huge." Yeah, you know. So he they just gave this guy radio access, so he, which gave him access to encryption for German radio. Oh wow! Which now MI five has. Incredible. Yeah. So moved up in the ranks in that yeah. MI five stuff. 
Uh, and then we move on to, um, I might get these two confused. One's Operation Fortitude and uh, one's Operation Overlord. Okay. So let me look at our reference real Both quick. are badass names. Yeah, pretty great names. Um, Can we make a metal band called Operation Fortitude? <laughs> sounds pretty great. Right? <laughs> Does it have to be metal? I guess not. But I feel, <laughs> oh, Operation Overlord, that's a metal band. It has to be. That has to be. Um, Operation Fortitude, maybe it could be a little indie, you know? <laughs> I'm bumping mics over here, too. <laughs> so, this dude. Yeah. Um, oh, no, Operation Fortitude. Yeah. Uh, Fortitude was a World War II military deception program. Okay. And that was the code name for it. Uh, you want to guess what Overlord was? Oh, God. I I don't want to guess. No, the biggest battle you can think of. The biggest battle I can think of? Yeah, the, the biggest operation in World War II. You're talking about D-Day? D-Day. Oh. Overlord's D-Day. I feel like I should have known that. Yeah, I, I felt like I should have too, but researching it, I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Huh. So... Operation Fortitude was actually a plan to give, um, to make a fake attack on other parts of France and oh, Norway. I have heard of, I've read, like, I've read about this yeah, situation, yeah. yeah. Almost like the, the Tiger one where they set up blow up tanks and everything. And, mm. you know, they're just trying to fool them that they were going to attack somewhere else. Right. So he gave them information, loads on loads about Operation Fortitude. Okay. And he was like, oh, all of this, uh, all this stuff is going to happen. Like, just wait. I'm working really close with the with the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so he mis- misled the misled them to thinking that the attack was going to happen somewhere else. Yeah. But on June 5th, the night before D-Day, mm-hmm. he gave them a radio call, and he said, "Stand by for a message at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. Hmm. It's urgent." And he insisted that it was routed up the Nazi chain of command. So that they would be there for it. Oh, wow. So he did indeed make the call at 3 a.m., but you want to guess what happened? <laughs> um, was this was this like the big reveal, like at that face reveal of YouTubers? No, no. Oh, okay. What, like uh, the, the German radio operator messed it up. Oh, he left the lens cap on the camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Damn. <laughs> no, but he uh, apparently the, the radio operators were asleep. Oh. <laughs> at 3 a.m. Been there. Of course. <laughs> so they never got the call. But what he did was, before the night of the D-Day attack, he gave them information that um, that an agent had acquired in an assembly camp in Southampton. Okay. Uh, that things were on the move. <laughs> Troops were being issued with embarkation kits, including vomit bags, and all signs were that the invasion was about to leave for France to Normandy. Oh. It's like right before, like hours before d-day yeah he was just like they're coming to normandy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Be ready but the guy the guy was asleep they missed out on the invitation on, on the information the invitation to join yeah, the, the battle <laughs> yeah join the battle come with us uh so naturally uh to cover up the fact that he had been misleading them the whole time mm-hmm. he got back to them and got in touch and was extremely angry with them oh nice this is one of the only quotes that i have from him from MI5, they, they said the message sent was, I cannot accept excuses or negligence. Were it not for my ideals, I would abandon the work. Wow, that's <laughs> that's very straight to the point. I respect that. Yeah. What an insane guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Garbo reported authoritatively that the purpose of the diversion land, um, Normandy landings was to ensure the success of the forthcoming uh, assault on Pas de Calais. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say that. Pas de Calais. He, then he started to report that D-Day was a diversion. Mm. Like this mass attack. It was huge, right? Yeah. Tons of people. He said that's a diversion. Still. Huh. Wow. Um, 
Let's see. What else what else are we talking about here? Uh, ironically, Garbo's reputation among the Germans was enhanced by the whole D-Day affair. On the 29th of July, 1944, he was informed that he had been awarded the Iron Cross by the Fuhrer himself for his <laughs> extraordinary services to Germany. Can you imagine, like, working for the U.S. Navy and then, like, you fuck around with... Sorry, we're going to have to edit that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then you mess around with, like, another country, like a country that you're at war with. But, like, you do it so well that their leader's, like, here you go. <laughs> what do you, like, how do you take that? You're just like, should I be happy? <laughs> should I be happy about this? <laughs> if you do your job so good at being bad. Yeah. And you get an award for it. Really? This guy is one of the best bluffers. Yeah. He, he, like he, This whole process that he's gone through, he's like, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm just going to do what I want to do. He entirely fabricated the whole thing. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> what What a guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they gave him, uh, he, re- he returned the message and gave humble thanks, the only, the only other quote <laughs> I have, for such an honor, which he was truly unworthy. Uh, honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he literally sent a message saying he was unworthy of it. <laughs> <laughs> what a humble guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, and so, also, he received, I think we talked about it earlier, the MBE, the member of the most excellent mm-hmm. order of the British Empire. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a Medal of Honor, but it kind of sounds like a Medal of Honor. To it me. sounds pretty good. But there's like a whole group, and the like the leaders of the group in this whole club here get uh, to be like knighted. Oh, nice. So unfortunately, he wasn't knighted. Not that I, I could find. I want to be knighted. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That'd be it, pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's even weirder is that this guy had a wife and two kids. Oh. And um, he divorced his wife after the war. Because they were, he was afraid that they were, he was going to get discovered. Oh. Yeah. Um, he went to Angola and ran away and then faked his own death from <laughs> malaria in 1949. Holy cow, this guy is extremely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> nobody had heard from him and nobody knew anything about where he was. Mm-hmm. So in 1971, a British politician, Rupert Allison, um, was writing under the pen named nigel west and he was interested in what happened to agent garbo mm-hmm. as you would like yeah. no one had talked to him ever and it's like that that would make a pretty interesting story yeah i don't know what his political um gains were from this i don't know like i found agent garbo like vote for me yeah right <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like he was a missing person right he just uh was pretty convinced that he didn't actually die that's fair uh, so for several years, he interviewed former intelligence officer, but no one knew who Garbo was. They didn't know his mm-hmm. real name. Okay. Um, eventually, a friend of his, uh, who was a Soviet spy that penetrated MI5, <laughs> like another spy who had been working against the British. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, They're doing great. <laughs> he met Garbo when he traveled to London oh. and said that his name was either Juan or Jose Garcia. <laughs> um Allison's investigation was stalled until 1984. Wow. So we're looking at it from 1949 to 1984. Yeah, these guys are old at this point. Yeah, was that 35 years? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, a former NR5, MI5 officer who had served in Spain supplied uh, his full name, Jose uh, Pujol Garcia. Okay. Um, and then Allison, the politician from earlier, hired a research assistant, and he called... Every single person with the name Jay Garcia. <laughs> this is literally flipping through the phone book going name by name. <laughs> yes, he did in the phone book. Oh, goodness. <laughs> with Jay Garcia. <laughs> and you know what happened? 
They found him? They found his nephew. Oh. And uh, and who got him in contact with him. He's like, oh, yeah, that's my uncle. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, here he is. And uh, Pujol and Allison met in New Orleans mm-hmm. in 1984. I don't know... Um, if you've been to New Orleans. No, I haven't, but I want to. So there's a big World War II museum there. Oh, cool. So I forgot to Google like when that would opened. <laughs> we can look right now. We do happen to have a machine. The internets. With all of human knowledge. Again, we live in the future. Information is readily available at our fingertips. It's true. Uh, and we just misuse it constantly. <laughs> so I, um, I went there in October of this year. Okay. And um, it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like sponsored by um, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks has like a forty-five minute film. Is he the guy that also owns the River Dogs? No, that's um, uh, from Groundhog Day. And um, oh, oh god, oh god, what's his name? <laughs> and he got yeah. killed in Zombieland. Yeah, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, that's right. Bill Murray owns the River Dogs. Only the Google machine. Uh, was quicker than than our own brains. <laughs> it's kind of like trivia, you know. It's like it's more fun to just know it. Yeah. Than to Google it. Any hey, anybody who uh, uses their phone at trivia, I, there's nothing I want to say over this podcast podcast about what should happen to you. Yeah, for real. <laughs> well, apparently it, it opened in 1991, so there goes my theory about why he was there. Oh, okay. But uh, they met in New Orleans, and on the uh, 40th anniversary of D Day. Um, Pujol traveled to Normandy to tour the beaches and paid respects to the dead. Oh, that's good. And he possibly saved, you know, thousands upon thousands of lives. Yeah, pretty seriously. much alone. Yeah. What a guy, right? I mean, he just just the idea was like, I want to be a spy. <laughs> yeah, he just said, I want to be a spy. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, it, given the condition that we are, you know, uh, contracted just to. Just to say the right word for it, contracted with the military already. I wonder if you could still play the same, you know, con game with CIA at this point, especially <laughs> with all the information they have. Oh yeah. I wonder if you could still like squeeze in and do that kind of thing. Maybe yeah. not. They have all of your personal information. They have all of your personal yeah. information, and a lot of people just put it out there. That's true. I mean, I guess you got to decide whether or not you want information out there or not. That's true. Is that a topic for now or later? <laughs> That's a topic for later. That could be a big discussion because I would also want to watch. Uh, uh, there's a couple of movies, good documentaries, about that. You know, uh, the social media and yeah. the 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 generation that we live in now, where everything's just right in the open. Like it's it is a creepy level of information that we could pick a person right now and we could find out really a, a creepy amount of things about their lives just by looking. It's true, and it's easy. It's, it's all right there. Well, all that information is gathered for advertising. That's true. Yeah, yeah. isn't that weird? <laughs> hey, this is how we sell the right kind of T-shirt for you. <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna buy that T-shirt ever in my life. Interestingly enough, I did see a um a thing about on Twitter when somebody posts their art, and um somebody will reply with a tweet saying, "I want a T-shirt of that." Oh yeah. Bots will actually steal that art and make a T-shirt oh. out of that thing and then advertise it to you. <laughs> so a bunch of people banded together, and uh. And I don't remember exactly. It was. It said something like, um, "This is stolen art." Oh yeah. On it, and made, and everyone tweeted, "I want a T-shirt of this." And like all the websites were filled up with "This is stolen art." Auto-generated T-shirts saying, oh. "This is stolen art." That's kind of uh, cool. Yeah. 
beat the bots. It's true. I want to find that story again for you. I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. Or but, we can make that another story time podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you sometime. Yeah. Did you um did you watch the uh, social dilemma? No, that is on my list of things to get around to. Okay, yeah, I watched it um uh back in October. Closer to when it came out. Yeah, closer to when it came out and uh I didn't like it. So, really? Yeah. Mm. You'll have to I know there's one about about Snowden. That seemed like it was pretty good. That was more documentary style. That one I heard was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, then there's the one, the Facebook one. Is that the social dilemma? I think it is the social dilemma. The one that came out recently where they're like, oh, the social media is ruining our lives and taking our information. Yeah. And um, they make a lot of grandiose points in there that mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I agree with. That's fair. I I mean, a lot of it is, and this is opinion, you know, anybody, everybody's entitled to it. And that's what makes social media so so dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but my opinion about it all is... It, just like anything else, it's a balance of uh, things. Right. You know, if you balance social media with your life, obviously it's going to be another tool, another way to communicate with people as it should be, you know, a way to stay connected as it should be. Yeah. But some people allow it to, uh, I don't want to say poison their minds, but like become such a, a consuming factor where they need this many likes or they're not happy. And that's where you go a little too far. But that's that's what they're getting into too. Yes, yeah. But it's it's a balance of things. If you yeah. if you wake up and your first thought is social media, and you do that until you go to bed, then yes, you're gonna let it consume you. Right. So. I yeah. And see, they they talk about that, but then I feel like they go too far and they go into fear mongering. Oh, they're like it's the the root causes it existing simply. It's yeah. not it's not the fact <laughs> that people, you know, are easily. I don't want to say like swayed or easily become addicted to things, but yeah. it's kind of obvious that that happens to it, a lot of people. I mean, somebody smarter than us had has engineered these platforms to literally be as addicting as possible. Oh, of course, and they, <laughs> they have all of the information they could ever need. Yeah, you know, they have hundreds of thousands of millions of people who constantly click on things that they do like or they don't like. So yeah. obviously, all people see are the things that most people really, really like. And, and this is where I go on my rant about. <laughs> how your phone is not constantly listening to you <laughs> <laughs> right we say that as we have uh how many microphones do we have in here five right now? we got two phones a laptop uh, and then if you want to unless you want to count the ones planted by the government <laughs> yeah in the lamp yeah it's in the lamp. walls <laughs> it's behind the light switch and in the fan i knew it they're listening to everything we say even though we're about to post it on the internet they're in one of the million funko pops surrounding me <laughs> each one is a microphone we didn't even we didn't even talk about that the room that we're in oh yeah do you want to get into that now or at the end? Uh, we get, well, let me let me rant first. Okay, so, yeah, go me, for it. Rant. Okay, so y- your phone is not constantly listening to you. People people talk about this all the time, and they're like, "Oh, I talked about cat food, and now I got <laughs> yeah, like an ad for cat food right. on Instagram." And it's not it's not what it is. It's there's two things that happen. Number one is that you don't notice a lot of ads that are targeted at you mm-hmm. if you're not already thinking about it. There's there's a not a dilemma. It's it's one of those like, it's Occam- like a paradox. Yeah, like a paradox, like Occam's razor, whatever those kind of things are called. Yeah. Where you you think about something and now you see it way more. Like oh, I hadn't heard of that word in a long time. Right. And then you hear that word a bunch. It's because you're suddenly focused on it. Right. And it's the same idea with what you're talking about. It's like I find this uh, a lot is when I think about a certain car. Like if you never thought about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, how many like uh what's what's an ugly car that's that's pretty recent? 
Like if you're if you're looking for like a Ford Flex, you oh. know, <laughs> something like that. I don't that. even know what that is. <laughs> it's like the station wagon, you know. It's okay. Very boxy. Yeah. I don't like them. I know people like them. Yeah. And uh, you never think about it. You probably pass them all the time. When you start thinking about that car, you're gonna start seeing it. Oh more. God, I'm gonna see Ford Flexes everywhere. I know. And it's, it's the just, government's fault. <laughs> yeah. Try, try it at home. It's the government planting Ford Flexes around you because they're listening. They want to the sell me a Ford Flex. To. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> they get the robots drive them. Yeah. Ford, Ford's embedded in the government, and they want to sell you the Flex. I don't. I don't even know if they still make that car i have no idea yeah or like the scion tc i was thinking about the one that looks oh. like a toaster oh yeah my yeah. buddy had that he loved it. He, he, that was his uh car club car oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> you took that to car shows yeah they, like you know you, you do all the 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 mods to it, you know, like the the turbo sound and the lights and the, the speaker. Yeah, you make turbo noises. They stopped making the Ford Flex in 2019, so maybe not. Okay, so I'll only see Ford Flexes, but I'll see the new Toyota whatever <laughs> yeah you, you're gonna figure something out when you start looking for a certain car you're gonna notice a lot yeah. more uh so that's that's point number one <laughs> point number two <laughs> it took us 10 minutes to get around yeah, to it. Point, number one. Uh, point number two is that someone is paid not not just one person but like hundreds if not thousands of people are paid to create algorithms that not only take what you click on but the time it takes for you to look at certain things so each mm-hmm. ad how long you look at the ad is recorded what you click on and then also what your friends click on yeah so like on facebook per se um you know you're out shopping for a new t-shirt right at target and you haven't googled that you wanted a new t-shirt at target right uh but your friend just happens to be a couple doors down at a i don't know kohl's Mm -hmm. and he's looking for what t-shirts are on or at kohl's they see you're at target near kohl's and they're like, oh, I'm going to advertise Kohl's to, you, to him. Yeah. Because his friend is also interested in Kohl's. And he interacts with his friend all the time on, the, uh, on Facebook. Yeah. So then they start advertising Kohl's stuff to you. And you're like, this, they're advertising t-shirts for me from Kohl's. Kohl's yeah. is, in bed, is listening to me on my phone. Right. <laughs> I, that is another thing. I mean, if you, my, my phone, I, I think I disabled the notifications just because I get tired of them. But frequently I would be like, I would leave a business or whatever that I was interested in, and little Google message would say, yep. how did you like your visit here? I'm like, stop that. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. I just got one of those earlier, and I can't remember what it was for. Yeah. It's it's like, it feels like an invasion of privacy. It's not really because your phone is in your pocket, and you've allowed it to do that anyway. Right. You can disable that if you wanted yeah. to. But it just it's just, it's just such a weird feeling for that to be like, you walk out of a store that you thought it was just you, and then like your phone's like, oh yeah, by the way, I was there with you. <laughs> yeah, I was there the whole time. I, I feel like it stems from a lack of understanding about how in depth these, uh, you know, these programs are embedded in our lives. Back to we're living in the future. I mean, think about it. Blade yeah. Runner twenty seventy seven. People are like, whoa, the future. Cyberpunk. And it's like a lot of that stuff actually already exists. It's yeah. just not flashy because it's impractical to have holograms. You right. know, like that's. Unless but like Tupac. Tupac is Tupac's still alive. That was that was not a hologram. That was not a hologram. I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and, it. and our conspiracy episode has started. <laughs> we moved away from story time to conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like there people are uh, to be hip are sleeping on technology. We're in the future, <laughs> man. On technology. 
I actually do sleep on technology. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got I got a headband that's Bluetooth that has speakers that are flat, so I can't feel it because I'm a side sleeper. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't cool. feel the headphone, but I can listen to like podcasts and stuff while I fall asleep on the boat because it's loud there. Very nice. Yeah. Somebody told me that they had a mattress that was water cooled and it had a range of temperatures from like forty degrees to like ninety something degrees. Forty's freezing. Right. And it, but it's a bed. And I was like, that's technology. <laughs> I want that. Right. That sounds incredible. Well, let's take guesses on how. Uh... How much that cost? Yeah. Hmm. If I start getting advertised for this bed, I'm blaming you, Alec. Oh, no. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. There's a lot of them. <laughs> All right. Let's do prices right. I'm going to guess uh, lowest price, 1800 1800 I'm going to go with $900. That's $900. Not, if it's a full mattress. Mm. Um, they want me to... Okay. Saying queen size. Yeah. You know, chill the standard. pad. So what I'm finding is the, the first thing that comes up is a chill pad, which is actually a water-cooled pad that goes on top of your existing mattress. Oh. Um, and it starts at $500. Okay. But that's not a full mattress. That's it's probably, not a full mattress. That might be what that guy was talking about. I didn't really go in depth with uh, what mattress he had. <laughs> but yeah. it did sound really interesting. I was kind of blown away with that fact. Water-cooled mattress. Never never heard of that. I, it sounds awesome, though. Right. Like I said, we're in the future. I, like, I want to tech out my room. <laughs> yeah, for real. Everything will listen to you. Your mattresses will listen to you. <laughs> your mattresses. Embedded microphones. Uh, your your pillows have multiple microphones so they can listen to your dreams and target yeah. advertise. Oh, oh no. <laughs> this one yeah. has a range of fi- 55 to 110 degrees. Okay. And it has a zone on each side with a sleep tracker, a heart rate monitor, yeah. Gentle rise technology in a comfort bed layer. That's what he was talking about. It had all those uh it had like all those different things where you like monitor your heart rate, monitor your sleep patterns. Cuz oh yeah, I was talking to him about smartwatches. That's right. Ah, that's why. That's yeah. why it came up. That's why it came up because I was talking about it's like I don't know what I would really care to use a smartwatch for. He's like, yeah. It tracks your sleep. I'm like, yeah, but I don't really care. <laughs> this is awesome. I kind of want this. Yeah. Um the- except for oh, hey, it's as low as $66 a month. $66 a month for how yeah. many months? Uh, probably way too many because <laughs> it's twenty five ninety five. It's $2,600. Oh, it sounds like I won by Price is Right rules. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> did win by Price is Right rules. I think we should always play Price is Right rules. Yeah. It's got a hub. Water flows through the hub's hydro engines to activate the grid. I'm watching in the reflection of the TV behind you. you. See it? Yeah, because I can see what's happening. Oh, uh, it fits your nightstand. Fits next to your nightstand. Sorry. Refill mm. with every two to three months. That's the whole actually, app and everything. That's not. That's a pretty good recharge time for a bed. Yeah, honestly, that's water yeah, cool. Yeah, only recharge your bed every two to three months. <laughs> <laughs> this is the future we live in. That's what I'm saying. I I was watching some YouTuber as, since we were talking about going down YouTube yeah. rabbit holes, and he was talking about like dumb smart technology. Where it's like <laughs> he would he would go on YouTube and go to like the oh, what's that what's that website GoFundMe. GoFundMe. You, you go to GoFundMe and you find all these like smart devices on there that were just the worst idea ever, like a smart shoe. Like you don't need a smart <laughs> shoe, you know? It's like now you just bought a sneaker that could do everything that a watch does, but you have to recharge your shoe. <laughs> like That's what are you amazing. doing? Um, it's like uh, I was um, watching a video about uh, there's a Japanese art of useless items, like useless inventions. No. Shindogu. Shindogu. Shindogu, maybe? See, it's spelled like Shin, okay. dog, you. Oh. It's the Japanese art of inventing silly and useless gadgets to solve everyday problems. <laughs> um, Shindogu means valuable or priceless. <laughs> oh, I think priceless might be a better word. Yeah. It makes me think of those uh, 
really old commercials infomercials where it's like it goes black and white it's like have you ever struggled with this and some like dude who can't handle a very simple task yeah like trying to open a bag of cereal and he falls over <laughs> <laughs> we have a solution for you <laughs> it's there's um there's terrible infomercials that were yeah. rampant over the 2000s yeah it was like it's such a common thing like yeah. it was legitimate and then like all the people started making fun of them they finally died down a little bit which is funny because i remember the like the it's black and white mm-hmm. and then i remember the things like the lady sitting down with like a bowl of popcorn <laughs> and it just like throwing it all over the couch <laughs> she just throws it on herself and then, like the red line comes across yeah the like, big Don't let this big red x <laughs> <laughs> but i never remember what the product was oh no yeah never <laughs> you just remember the woman just Bruh, throwing <laughs> <laughs> for no reason what's wrong Absolutely, with you yeah oh this this is a pretty famous uh shindogu okay um the the chopstick fan there was a fan that attached to your chopsticks okay so that when you picked up your ramen out of the bowl no. it blew it off for you already no yeah. <laughs> which it's useful but also useless at yeah. the same time yeah and there's like rules for this too like oh okay you can't ever sell it as a real product Mm. it can't be um like actually useful so this is this is like a thing that people have come up with like we know that this is all just garbage but we're doing it because it's fun because it's an it's an art form we we need something like that because a lot of people think they actually have something good like i'm sure somebody would think of making a fork with a fan on it being like this is a great product like no it's not no no, it's (laughs) not this is a terrible product it's like um here, here's the the battle scratch shirt, which I'm thinking I can't turn because the mics are connected in a weird way. Uh, it's like it's got a grid, yeah, A through J, and then one through ten on your back, and <laughs> you tell somebody using a little thing in your palm uh, where to scratch your back at. Oh my god! <laughs> which is funny that it's on this website of examples because I've seen this being sold online. Really? Yeah, I've actually in in the past couple of weeks, I think I oh. saw. Someone's like, yeah, buy this shirt. It's awesome. It's because the government is listening to your dreams. The government is listening to the thoughts I haven't even had yet. <laughs> <laughs> they are weeks ahead of you. Yeah, they really You are. can't stop them. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way I could have known, or they could have known, that the Shindogu video I watched that didn't include this and an ad that I had from before that right. were going to collide at this very moment. <laughs> like, how? There's right. no way. But some people just don't believe that coincidences coincidence can you say that word for me real quick coincidence coincidences coincidences thank you okay coincidences can exist coincidentally coincidentally uh (laughs) there are stories of like that i I really enjoy these stories that are like insane coincidences like one that i remember vividly for some reason is there were like two brothers who one brother got into a taxi and the driver of that taxi Oh god, now I can't remember vividly. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Blanking. Yeah, the driver of the taxi was going through a uh, intersection. And he hit one of the brothers on a moped. That's and insane. He, and he killed him, right? What? And the other brother, I think it was like two years later, got in the same taxi with the same driver and killed a different person in a moped in the same intersection <laughs> or something like that. Like, like it, what are the chances? What are the odds that it's the same people in the same intersection, are same we, incident happening? We sure it's a coincidence or this taxi driver just had it out <laughs> for guys on mopeds in this particular intersection. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, sometimes 
Sometimes coincidences aren't just coincidences. But then the coincidence would be that the same guy was in both times that he killed the moped. Unless he killed a ton of people on moped. <laughs> it just happened, right? And this, this guy is just probability at this yeah. point. <laughs> like, shark attacks only happen at the beachhead. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's where the fucking people are. <laughs> 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 How many shark attacks do you hear about in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? Nobody's out there swimming. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Plus, sharks have more food out there anyways. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Besides, if somebody's out there in the Atlantic Ocean, they get eaten by a shark, who's going to report it? <laughs> uh, us. Yeah, you know, Maybe. Right? The Navy, right? Yeah. Aircraft carrier's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that guy out there. That guy's getting eaten by a shark. Should we do something? <laughs> nah. Nah, just send it, to the, send it to the guys who make statistics. <laughs> <laughs> the shark statistics. <laughs> who, who are the guys that uh, that collect the um, information on how many uh, coconuts kill people every year? That Yeah. The falling coconut thing? That, that is somebody's job. I wonder if that's even true. I don't like, know. Falling coconuts, do they actually kill people? Oh, but speaking of shark attacks, by the way, and this is another one of those government is listening to us. I just read before we started this podcast uh, that the director of Jaws, after Jaws was released, so many people were like killing sharks and like trying to kill them. that They were hurting the environment. So the director dropped most of everything and became an activist for uh, control of the ecosystem, specifically regarding sharks. Yeah. Wasn't. But I thought. Steven Spielberg was the direct was the director. Maybe. Oh, I, we, I, we I just, if I scroll up enough, I think I'll see it because I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I scrolled up like five posts. Uh, Rusa Jaws fishermen started catching as many sharks as possible, believing that they were doing a public service, causing a huge decline in shark population in the North Atlantic. Peter Benchley, the author of the original book, ah, okay, I'm, that I misremembered. Peter Benchley had become a dedicated conservationist. What and a guy. Look at that. Coincidences do exist. Yeah. And in fact, what I'm what I'm looking at is uh, there were four directors on Jaws. I don't know enough about uh, movie production to <laughs> watch a lot of movies, but boy, have I never made one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you why you would want four directors. I feel like that would be like having four head chefs. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe they're uh, they have they each get one camera. They each get a quarter of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that would be a terrible movie. That would be a terrible movie. I think that is most college-made movies. Is that why the uh, the recent Star Wars movies suck? Because in the middle Ooh. of uh, uh, the second one, they they kicked out uh, was it Josh Wheaton and gave it to J.J. Abrams? I think so. I was th- the other way around. Uh, yeah, I th- I think. I think there's that could be an entire episode on its own. That's true. <laughs> the discussion of the production and decline of episode seven, eight, and nine of the Star Wars movies. It, yeah. Didn't Disney say they're just gonna remake those <laughs> that trilogy? I don't know. Was like we I screwed mean, that up. Some parts I liked, but then I realized yeah. it was kind of fan service. Like the parts I liked. Oh look, we have C three PO here. Everybody applaud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I will say though, before we move on from that, um, yeah. uh, Leia, um, her actress uh carrie, carrie fisher. fisher oh we, we both oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did a deep fake on her for the very last movie they did they, yeah yeah and it was so impressive it actually was i i was like floored in the, yeah. in the theater watching that and i was like that looks like her for real and then because i had learned just before i saw it because i saw it like the second day it came out yeah they had deep faked her mm-hmm. for that and it was so impressive and it's like I think they deep faked um, Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian recently. Spoilers. Spoil- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he was in that. I haven't gotten uh, that far. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a gun. Uh, uh, I, I, I that hasn't been out long enough to not say spoilers. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I agree that the Carrie Fisher deep fake was really good, but then there was that uh, Admiral. I, I don't remember his name. One of the, it's a trap. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It was no because that's, that's just a, they could make yeah, that. Yeah, makeup, right? Um, it was one of the imperial like admirals, really old guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He was deep faked as well, but he looked bad. He, he was rough. You could see that he was yeah, like that one was jarring to kind of look at. Like, yeah. <laughs> but Carrie Fisher was really good. Carrie Fisher was pretty good. How do we even get on these topics anymore? Movies, baby. Movies, yeah, <laughs> all the time. We just always... I don't even watch that much many movies anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I've i been downloading them to watch on my duty days on the ship. So I've been trucking through them a little bit. So th- then do you actually watch them? I, not the Star Wars movies because they're not on Netflix They're just anymore. like movies in general. Yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I recently had downloaded... Um, oh, God. What is this called? It's one of the new movies from George Clooney... That had come out, uh, Midnight Sky. Midnight Sky. It got a very bad rating. Oh, no. And I started the first 10 minutes of it. It's just really slow so far. But uh, <laughs> from what I heard, and being a nuclear engineer, I'm sure you'll laugh at this as well. Um, <laughs> That's the, a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> the plot of this movie is the world is uh, dying, and there is a spaceship returning from a space from like a mission in space. And George Clooney is working on it in a establishment in antarctica and he has to warn the ship to not return to earth or they will die but the thing that killed earth apparently spoilers if anybody oh excuse me if anybody cares about this apparently bad movie um the earth had just suddenly become irradiated from something and it is moving around as it does because it's radiation (laughs) i love i love the the fear of radiation and nuclear power that people have just like yeah. I don't know why people are like nuclear. <laughs> Bad. Ra- radiation. Radiation. Yeah. Uh, but if you actually learn any of the science about it, you realize that it's a very containable and uh, a process that is easily dealt with um, if you know what you're doing. Dealt with, as in you'll die when you're irradiated. Yeah, or so, you just throw yeah. it in the ground in, in Arizona. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Or um, Marie Curie. Mary Curie? Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Yeah. Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Where she's buried in lead, so nobody else Oh, gets yeah. I thought it was just to keep her from crawling out of the coffin once the, <laughs> the radiation settles in. Yeah. <laughs> it finally gets to, to her core. <laughs> it restarts her. That's right. It becomes the first zombie. Isn't that the plot to Godzilla? Uh, just an irradiated lizard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that whole movie was made at, like post-World uh, War II and Castle Bravo yeah. settings. I that. do remember watching the one with... um. Uh, Oh, why well, want to say Hugh Laurie? Laurie. It's not Hugh Laurie. It's uh, the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, oh God. Oh, this, we're so bad. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Oh, uh, that one. I remember watching that one. I don't remember why Godzilla existed or anything. I liked. I liked that movie. It was a good one, but <laughs> yeah. I don't remember why Godzilla like became a thing. Oh yeah, I don't remember either. I, th- yeah. I think it lived like in the crust as like an ancient creature or yeah. something. But didn't yeah. he work at a nuclear power plant in Japan? Yeah, in and it had one? like a meltdown and like his wife died or something. I don't yeah, remember. which was like pre-Fukushima, so that's like... <laughs> it was probably okay then, but now... <laughs> was it pre-Fukushima? I'm pretty sure. Wow. When when was um, Fukushima? I feel like... like, And I remember watching a, a v, like Vsauce's only video that had come out in the last like year about yeah. like remembering times in different timelines just because like how the event happened. I remember Fukushima... Ha, Fukushima. Fukushima happening in like... Fukushima Daiichi. Yeah, Fukushima Daiichi. I... I I, I, I know you're about to say it. I yeah. remember it happening in like 2010, but I know it happened in like 2016-ish. At 2011. 20, it was a 2011? Yeah. Oh, okay. Godzilla came out with Brian Cranston in 2014. Oh, uh, okay. So it was after. Yeah. Okay. That was the year I graduated high school. 2014? Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. Huh. What? Ford Brody is a Navy bomb expert. 
What are the words to you Japan just said? to help his son Brian or his father, oh. Brian Cranston. Why do I remember there being a nuclear reactor in this movie? I'm pretty sure that was the very. I I remember the very beginning of the movie was like it was having a meltdown, and I think the wife died in some sort of casualty. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was a reactor specifically, but it was like they were in a facility. Something was going on. I big red lights like and alarms. Yeah. And he was like, no, get her out of there. We're going to have to rewatch that and update people later. <laughs> yeah, because everybody, our, our fans are clamoring. They really are. <laughs> clawing, they... clawing at the speakers saying, please, fill us in. <laughs> please tell us what happened in Godzilla from 2014 with Brian Cranston. <laughs> I can hear everyone saying it right now. <laughs> That's probably because you're hearing the feedback from the microphones that are in this room. Oh, no. Do you yeah. want to talk about the room now? <laughs> I do want to talk about the room. I was going to bring out that the movies I've watched the most recently. Oh, yeah. Is, is Harry Potter. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. What a great segue. We just yeah, because uh, the girl's house that we're in currently is obsessed with Harry Potter <laughs> and uh, therefore owns all of the movies on a Blu-ray disc set, including Fantastic Beasts and everything. No, they're in the room oh, okay. with the PS4 that she plays them on. Okay, not in the Harry Potter dedicated room that we're no, currently yes. sitting in. So there is a Harry Potter dedicated room that we're recording in because it was the easiest space for us to come in. And um, Also, all of the Harry Potter uh, cloth on the walls is, I think, doing great for the sound. Yeah, the sound editing of this room is quite great. So, you know, if we get an upgraded TV, it would be a great place to watch Harry Potter. Ooh. But how comfy is that couch that you're on? It's very nice. Is I it? have not had a single thought about how uncomfortable I am. Yeah, that's good. Good to go. Only thought I've had about how squeaky my chair is. I think the main point I do want to mention about this... Yeah, your chair's all squeaky. <laughs> main point about this room I want to mention, uh, well, you to mention are the Funko Pops. Yeah, there is... Um, uh, I wish I knew the number, but it's upwards of 200... I was about to say, just lie and say, like, 1,500. Yeah, 1,500 Funko Pops. But, I mean, it's a small room. What was it, about 8 by 8 room? Yeah, that's what it feels like. Maybe 8 by 10? Yeah. Um, and so, like, 200 Funko Pops is a lot of Funko Pops. For people mm-hmm. unfamiliar, um, they're little vinyl figures in the shape of popular characters from um, different series, and these are all dedicated to Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, it's quite the interesting room. There's blankets on in a very old couch that Carson is sitting on. Yes. <laughs> There's um, some collector's wands, and it's quite it's quite the set. Oh, and a sorting hat. Yeah, there is a sorting hat. I've been wearing it. Yes. He's wearing it the whole time. I feel like a Hufflepuff, uh, mostly because I don't think they get the respect they deserve. Did you take the Pottermore quiz? No. Did you know J.K. Rowling said that her favorite house is Hufflepuff? Excellent. Yes. I Hey, J.K. Rowling, if you're looking for a husband to be in the will, I am available. Oh. Uh. I'm sure there's not a lot of people lined up for that right now. I'm also I'm also a writer. Um, if you want to just have me write the next Harry Potter and take all royalties, I'm in. <laughs> um, she did work on. Uh, there's another book that that came out not too long ago. Was it the Beasts one, the um, Magical Beasts and How to Find Them or whatever? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, uh, kind of. Don't hate me, Harry Potter fans. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, uh, God, I'm lumped into this now. Um, <laughs> no, there's a new series, I guess, she or someone is working on. Oh, here it is, the Ichabog. The Ichabog. It's right behind me. Oh. Um, of course it's in this room. <laughs> as tall as two horses, eyes glowing like balls of fire, long razor-sharp claws, the Ichabog is coming. Mm. Um, I don't know if this is uh, in the Harry Potter universe, but it seems like she's still writing. Good for her. Yeah. I'm glad she didn't just write Harry Potter and be like, well, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, instead, she used her platform to uh, uh, offend people. <laughs> what a good person. Yeah. Uh, if, if you want to know about that, just go ahead and, and look up uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, uh, Twitter. And 
and tell us how you feel. <laughs> Actually, uh, don't tell us how you feel. I don't want to bring that into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I was going to mention, yeah, never mind. I'm just going to leave that. Leave yeah. that. Let that lie. <laughs> let that hippogriff lie down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let sleeping dogs lie on that one. Sleeping hippogriffs, yeah. <laughs> sleeping giant spiders. God, what a great thing. Dumbledore's just like, all right, hey, kids, you're in trouble. Go in this force with giant spiders. That They'll you're not kill allowed you. to go into normally. <laughs> They, right? They get punished for whatever goofy th- thing they were doing. And then they're like, your punishment is to go into the forbidden forest that you're not allowed to go into except for when it's during detention. Because <laughs> you'll die. Welcome back to our movies podcast. Yeah, this is just about movies at this point. I mean, it's stories, right? This was the story episode. Yeah, that's true. And I didn't even get to our second story. Mm, you want how- me just to give you the quick lowdown and we'll let the uh, the listeners at home just go ahead and look this one up for themselves? Yeah, I think we got way too sideball to just go story in story. Uh, we did, and we're about 55 minutes in, so. All right, let's just, yeah, let's let's reach the end here. So the, the quick and dirty of this one as I open up my other thing is a <laughs> operation by the U.S. military called Operation Popeye. Okay. I, um, I also think I've heard of this just because I'm on the internet way too much. Well, you're on the internet way too much. <laughs> the idea was... To seed clouds into the sky during monsoon season season over Vietnam, so that they could make mm. it rain more, <laughs> and that way they could. I have not heard of this. Yeah, they can disable roads that military vehicles travel along and cause oh. landslides. Well, this was a movement. This was an, an environmental attack. It was an environmental attack. Wow! And in fact, when you look this up, you can actually pull up. Um, a memo from the pen, uh, the pentagram, <laughs> the Instagram, the Pentagon, the Pentagon, a memorandum for the deputy under secretary of state for political affairs to the secretary of state. Okay. Yes. From 1967. Wow. I, I read this, uh, earlier in preparation for this, but the, okay. the gist of it is it worked. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah, that's what they're claiming. It says 82% of the clouds seeded produce rain with a, uh, within a brief period after seeding, a percentage appreciably higher than the normal expectation in the absence of seeding. Wow, that's actually surprising. It is disputed whether or not this was okay. a good enough of a result yeah. to call that it worked. But they made some claims like, in one instance, the rainfall continued as the cloud moved eastwards across the Vietnam border and inundated a U.S. Special Forces camp with nine inches of rain in four hours. Holy cow. That's a lot of rain. <laughs> That's a lot of rain. So uh, it just wasn't really controllable enough. And also, turned out, if you seed a bunch of clouds, you'd actually drown out crops. Wow. And you could use this as you know, a way to starve the people yeah. in, in a place. And you, you'd ruin crops and stuff. Um, and what ended up happening was, uh, well, first, science portion real quick. Okay. Um, they used uh, lead iodide and silver iodide hmm. as like an aerosol. And clouds would cling, or sorry, not clouds, water would cling onto those particles to form clouds. And okay. And they get denser and denser until they started to, to fall. So it would create clouds. Right. Um, and which would get denser as they do as until clouds rain do. falls out of them. Yeah. Um, so... Well, what actually ended up happening was it was um, discovered by the New York Times in 1972. Okay. And they ran a, a piece on it um, where they're like, we don't, we're not really sure if this is 100% working or not. Yeah. But it's pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really like this very much. <laughs> um, and it ended up uh, being the press stories led to demands from members of U.S. Congress uh, from 
more information, the U.S. House and Senate resolutions in favor of banning environmental warfare were passed as Senate Resolution 71 uh, in 1973, 1974, and again in 1975. Wow. Three different resolutions banned environmental warfare <laughs> uh, because of this New York Times article. Holy cow. Yeah, so pretty interesting. If you want to learn more about it, recommend Googling Operation Popeye. I mean, I've heard so much about like biological warfare, and I'm surprised I've never heard of the term of banning environmental warfare. Yeah, uh, wow. that's fair. I This week was actually uh, listening to a few different things about um biological warfare with anthrax oh yeah, yeah. and then i can't remember the um the tokyo um subway attacks yeah i don't remember they release a, a neurotoxin yeah. gas in the air uh i was thinking about talking about those too but i feel like there's a little more known yeah than, than that was the plot of tom clancy's the division it's true yeah on a college campus wasn't it no that's rainbow six Siege. that's rainbow six yeah uh, the division was like new york and then dc that's right but i yeah. remember reading a story this is somewhat related that the United States uh, had come up with a plan to disable hurricanes. Yes. Using nuclear weapons. That's where this was going to go. <laughs> That's where this was going to go. Wow. <laughs> because they tried to use some of the information from Operation Popeye yeah. to maybe burn out hurricanes <laughs> out before they came to Florida. Nice. Yeah. So um, I can't speak on the nuclear weapons thing. I thought I had too much information that we'd mm. go over our time. Uh, that's fair. That I mean, we did, but not because of information. Yeah. <laughs> the first story didn't take as long as I thought it would. That's fair. But to be fair, it's still an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, is your beer finished? Yes. All right. Say something while I chug the rest of mine. So I, I understand, like, the, the nuclear... And I'm done. Uh, <laughs> dang it. Good good job. No, good. <laughs> I know. Um, Attacking a hurricane with a nuclear weapon, I think, is absolutely hilarious because the idea of, like, dispersing this uh, storm with a blast is not bad. It's not a bad idea. But knowing the, nuclear part might the, be. the, the, the fallout, the nuclear part, that's, uh, that's a little different. You know, we, we, we learned a little bit about radiation and understanding, you know, contamination and radiation. Just, and just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> and this nuclear bomb in the middle of a storm uh, will just take all of the contamination, all these radioactive particles that exist in nuclear weapons, and add it to the hurricane. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair. So now this is throwing contaminated particles everywhere. Uh, so not a good idea. Please no. don't ever do that. Terrible idea. Nuclear weapons should be disabled, disarmed, uh, realistically. But Probably. Another discussion. <laughs> We're talking about mutually assured discussion. Or discussion. Mutually, mutually assured discussions assured are what discussion. we live on. Yeah, that's, that's the whole premise behind this podcast. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great name. Mutually assured <laughs> discussions. Oh. oh, no. Should we change the name? If we can. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome back to our park podcast, Mutually Assured Discussions. That's good. That's so good. <laughs> we need this now. <laughs> podcast name change. Uh, we're also working on a podcast art change, so this this might happen. Might be a good time. Promotional yeah. was a good stepping stone as a way for us to stay connected while you lived in Charleston and me in Virginia. But I think usually shirt discussion is <laughs> <laughs> now we're together. Too good. Yeah, together at last. It was it was actually uh, much easier to be able to see you face to face rather than talking over yeah. the internet. Especially now that you live six minutes away. Very nice. Yeah. Very convenient. Seven minutes away from the car wash. Oh, even better. Yeah. So I make sure my car is clean before I see you. Also, that's how uh, I picked them up today. Don't tell don't tell uh, the the housing I live at, but I have a free car wash station for uh, <gasps> myself. I pay thirty dollars a month to wash my car. Oh, oh goodness. I mean, <laughs> it, as far as I know, it's just a hose, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. This is like a spot for <laughs> you it. Have to bring your own soap and stuff. I, I don't know. I haven't actually checked it out yet. Uh, my car is filthy, so 
it's worth, I, it, worth the check. It's actually better for your paint to like wash it yourself than go through one of those touch-free ones. Uh, uh, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, because they would like collect particles that they scratch your paint. Exactly, with. mine yeah. has swirls on in it, and which uh, isn't. Yeah, it makes me mad. The the car you have currently? Yeah, there's swirls. I don't, your I'm Volkswagen GTI 2020 it, edition. It, it's a GLI. GLI, sorry. Yeah, it's the uh, Grand Lux injection. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, anyways, I think we've gone too long. Should I gong us out? Yeah, gong us away, brother. Just micro gong us. Micro gong, I love it. <laughs> All right, we'll try. We'll try to keep this up. We'll try to keep uh, recording on a regular basis. Yeah. But, uh, until next time. Until next time.